Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany. Great to see you this morning. Uh, we welcome everybody here in the building. We also welcome those who are watching or listening online. If you happen to be doing that online with us, a, a reminder uh, to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find re under the resources tab the uh, bulletin for the service so you can follow along. Also, under the give tab, you may give your offering to the Lord and to his church. As usual, I have a few announcements to share with you before we begin to worship today. Just a reminder, a number of months ago, we started to once again uh, use the record of fellowship. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's that little red pad that's at the end of each pew. Um, uh, and uh, sometime before you go, if you wouldn't mind, we ask you to fill that out. And if there's others that are next to you in the pew, just pass that down so they can also fill that out. We appreciate you filling out the record of fellowship. A reminder about Bible study. So next Sunday, we will have a special Lutherans for Life Bible study uh, between the services. And then following that study next week, for the following four weeks, we will take a look at the book of Revelation, uh, which always, is always an interesting study. Uh, we also offer some midweek studies, of course, either a women's study on Tuesday or we've got Wednesday evening Bible class as well. More information about those classes are listed on the back side of your chapel weekly. Trivia night is almost here. That's Saturday, the 5th of March. Sign up to play or to volunteer at the table in the commons area. And uh, please mark your calendars to attend a special music-filled worship service next Sunday, a week from today, the 27th of February at, 11 a at this service time, 11 a.m., to celebrate Black History Month. Our choir and our handbells and instrumentals will be joined by the choirs from Lutheran North High School. And uh, there'll be a very special um, uh, kind of a hymn festival type service that day. We are moving communion. Normally we'll have communion at 11. We'll move it to 5 o'clock and 8.30 that weekend. Um, but uh, please come. You can make a morning of it. Come to, come to church because it's a different service. Come to church at 8.30, Bible class at, at 9.45, and then uh, our special service at 11 next weekend, the 27th. And today we are blessed uh, to witness and for me to perform a baptism. Um, um, Sutton Reagan Keating is going to be baptized this morning, become a member of God's family. So we praise God for that wonderful gift. That will happen immediately after the hymn that we will sing, which is, Lord of glory, you have bought us, as that's printed in the bulletin, page two. We stand to sing it together.
We make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Congregation may be seated. Dear Christian friends, baptism is not merely a symbolic washing with plain water, but connected with the Word of God, it is a gracious water of life and a means by which God conveys the forgiveness of sins to this child and joins her to Christ's holy church. By the activity of the Holy Spirit in this sacrament, God's life is implanted in this child, and by God's grace, this life will grow and develop as it is nourished and fed by the gospel. Our Lord commanded baptism, saying to his disciples in the last chapter of Matthew, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Therefore it is God pleasing that in obedience to his command and trusting in his promise, you should bring Sutton to be baptized in his name. Sutton, receive the sign of the Holy Cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. St. Mark writes about the loving concern that Jesus had for little children, such as Sutton. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Dear parents, this child is God's gift to you, and God will hold you accountable for her welfare. You must strive to bring her up in the fear and love of God and see to it that she's properly instructed in God's word so that the Spirit may lead her to understand and treasure this new life given to her in baptism. Her faith must be nourished. You must provide her with a Christian home and example and love her even as Christ loved you. Do you intend to do this gladly and willingly Then declare so by saying yes? yes. And dear sponsors, it is your responsibility to testify in the child's stead that by holy baptism as a means of grace she obtains and she possesses the saving faith in the one true God and renounces the devil and all his wicked works. Moreover, after this child has been baptized, you should at all times remember her in your prayers, put her in mind of her baptism, and lend your counsel and your help, especially if she should lose her parents, that she may be brought up in the knowledge and the fear of God according to the teachings of the Lutheran Church and faithfully keep her baptismal promises to the end. Do you intend to do this gladly and willingly and declare so by saying yes. yes. Will the congregation please stand? It is your responsibility as fellow saints and members of Christ's holy church to be witnesses of God's redeeming love to this child. You must love her, pray for her, and through agencies of Christian education assist the parents in the instruction and the training of this child. Do you intend to do this gladly and willingly? Then declare so all of you by saying yes. 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 Let us then confess the faith into which Sutton will be baptized in the words of the Apostles' Creed that's printed for you in your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
May God enable all of us to be ministers of his love to this child and with his grace fulfill what we are unable to do. Amen. Congregation may be seated. Sutton, Reagan, Keating, I I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth and baptism and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace and give you life everlasting. Peace be with you, Sutton. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God and Father, we thank you that you have granted Sutton the new birth and holy baptism and made her a member of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir of your heavenly kingdom. As she has now become your child, Keep her in her baptismal grace so that she may ever lead a godly life to the praise and the honor of your holy name. And finally, with all your saints, obtain the promised inheritance of heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord and giver of life, look with kindness upon the parents of this child and upon all parents. Let them ever rejoice in the gift that you have given to them. Strengthen them in their own baptism that they may share eternally with their children the salvation you have given them through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Sutton, we welcome you into the Lord's family and we receive you as a fellow member of the body of Christ, a child of the same Heavenly Father. And Sutton, receive this burning light. May it symbolize the light of Christ now alive in your heart. Live always by the light of Christ. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you from this time forth and even forevermore. Go in his peace. Amen. All right, can you guys come this way? She is just praising God for being baptized today. I tell you what, we welcome Sutton into the family of God. You guys can sit down. and absolution. Please stand. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. 
To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. The Old Testament reading for the seventh Sunday after Epiphany is from the 45th chapter of Genesis. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. 
For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children, and your grandchildren, your flocks and your herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your households and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
epistle is from the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I die every day. I mean that, brothers, just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus, for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. But someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel, which today, Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. But I tell you who are near, who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? 
Even sinners lend to sinners without expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated for our Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for today is the culmination of the story of Joseph and his brothers. That whole story, it's not a short one, it's 13 chapters long from Genesis 37 to Genesis chapter 50, but it's an incredible story. I encourage you to sometime this week to go, go in your Bibles, go to the Genesis 37 and just start reading and read that story. It's a beautiful story because ultimately it reflects the love and the abiding presence and especially the mercy and the forgiveness of our God. 
actually brings to my mind a high school basketball game that took place in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Gym was packed. It was at the end of the game. There's three seconds left, and the home team is down by one point. And there's a young man at the free throw line getting ready to shoot two free throws. And this young man, Matt Stevens, has never seen anything like it before in his life, and neither has that crowd. And there's a reason, especially for Matt, that he hasn't seen anything like this before in his life. It's because Matt can't see. So that might cause a few questions when you hear that story. Well, I mean, why is this young man blind, first of all, and why is a coach putting that blind basketball player on the free throw line at the end of a game? Well, the reason Matt is blind is that he was born with two detached retina. So by the time he was in the fifth grade, he lost sight in his left eye. By the time he was in the sixth grade, he lost sight in his right eye. And Matt's older brother determined that his little brother was going to be able to do everything that a sighted kid could do despite his blindness. So he dedicated himself to teaching Matt how to ride a bike as blind. He teaches him how to, how to ice skate as a blind person. He teaches him how to play soccer as he's blind. He even teaches him how to shoot free throws by tapping a stick on the rim of the basket so Matt can hear how far away that basket is and he can be enabled to shoot free throws. But why in the world would the coach put him in at the end of a game? Well, there's two reasons for that. One, because he was the designated free throw shooter for that game. And two, because the coach was his brother, Joe. So here it is, it's the end of the game. Joe taps the rim, the rim with a stick so Matt can shoot, and Matt shoots that first free throw. Swish. Game is tied. He shoots the second free throw. Swish. Up by one. Three seconds left, the other team throws the ball in, Hail Mary shot at the end, misses it, and the crowd absolutely goes bananas. What an amazing story that Matt Stevens is able to hit those free throws at the end of the game, all because of one reason. It's amazing what someone can do when you've got a brother like Joe. This story was told by Max Cato in his book, You'll Get Through This, on the life of Joseph in the Bible. And he tells that story because it really is amazing when you can do what you can do when you've got a brother like Joe, like Joe Stevens, or like Joseph, the son of Jacob. Or maybe better put, it really is amazing what God can do when you have a brother like Joe. Well, to understand how God is going to work through Joseph, we need to kind of go back a little bit, a number of years before what happens here in Genesis chapter 45. I mean, you might remember from that story that Joseph's brothers did not like him very much. In fact, they disliked him so much that his brothers actually had this conversation. It kind of went something like this. So guys, since we hate our little brother so very much, should we kill him or should we sell him into slavery? Now, this is not the kind of conversation a family normally has, right? I mean, usually siblings don't have at least serious conversations about whether or not to kill their brother or just to sell him into slavery. But Joseph's brothers actually had that conversation, and they meant it. And the answer that they came up with to that question was, yeah, you know what? 
let's sell him into slavery. And then let's tell dad that a wild animal killed him. All in favor, raise your hand and say aye. And all of them raised their hand and said aye. And that's what they did. Now just imagine, after that day, the distress in that family. The, the, the guilt, the remorse, the hostility, the blaming, the grief, the angst, the sorrow, the anguish. And then, years later, there they are before Joseph, their brother, that, that they so cruelly, because of their petty hatred, their petty jealousy, sold into slavery. I tell you what, it's so easy to look at those brothers and say, oh, stupid brothers. They're filled with grief and guilt and anguish and angst. Good, serves them right. And yet, if you take a closer look, we find that we are those brothers. Because we have sold out one another. And we've done it regularly. And we have betrayed a loving father. And we have done it regularly. And the byproduct of that has been distress and guilt and remorse and anguish and all the rest. We have sinned in thought and word and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We are those brothers. But the distress and the guilt and the remorse and the anguish, they all take a back seat to the power of the gift of forgiveness. You heard in the story what happens. Joseph shows genuine love and genuine mercy and genuine grace and genuine forgiveness to his brothers. He pronounces that absolution with tears, with sobs, with weeping. In fact, Joseph and his brothers were so overwhelmed with emotion, they cried so loudly, the Egyptians outside heard them and talked about it to Pharaoh. And we see in this story how Joseph, how he saves Egypt, how he saves his family, how he saves Israel for generations to come. And he is reunited with his father and with his brothers. And by the power of the gift of forgiveness, the sons of Jacob, they are deeply moved and they are forever changed. We, like the sons of Jacob, like Matt Stevens, have a brother like Job. His name's not Joe. His name is actually Jesus. The Bible says so. Mark chapter 3, people say to Jesus, hey, your mother and your brothers are here. And Jesus says, who are my mother and my brothers? And then he points to his disciples. He points to his followers and he says, these are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. You hear what Jesus is saying? He's, he's saying, I'm your brother. Hebrews 2.11, both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Do you hear what that means for us? That Jesus Christ himself would say, I am your brother. And through the power of forgiveness, I am restoring your relationship to me.
And as any good brother would be, our divine brother, he is always with us. That is God's promise. And that comes through so loud and clear in this story. God is with us even in, and maybe especially when we go through the pits of life. You know, when Joseph's brothers threw him into that cistern and had that question between themselves, are we going to kill him or sell him? God was with Joseph and he protected him. When he was sold as a slave, God went with him. He was leading and guiding him. When Joseph was falsely accused of attacking Potiphar's wife, he went to prison, but God was there, right there with him. Through all of those hardships, through all those pits, in fact, not only was God with him, but he was forming him, he was shaping him to be the man that God wanted him to be. Reminded of what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, he says, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Suffering can produce perseverance and character and even hope. God promises to remember us even when we are in those pits and we feel like we are abandoned by everybody. We are not abandoned by God. He is with you, especially when we go through those pits of our life. And that makes all the difference in the world. The Lord's with Joseph through it all. And he's with you too. You can take him at his word. What does his word say? This is what Isaiah says, that God says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Life has its share of rising waters and burning fires, doesn't it? It is not painless, is it? Chemotherapy and radiation, they are not painless. A rebellious child is not painless. Financial fears are not painless. Burying a loved one is not painless. God does not promise a pain-free life. He never promises that. But God does promise to take that pain and work the good. And he does promise to walk with us through those pains, to walk with us through those pits of life. But not only is our God with us, but our, our God also forgives. And he shows us how to forgive. You know, Joseph had every right and he had all the power to punish his brothers for doing what they did to him. I mean, he could have gotten revenge in spades to those, brother, those brothers. But instead, Joseph had mercy on them. And he forgives his brothers. He weeps over them as they're finally reconciled. And, and really, in a way, we see in Joseph a wonderful picture of our God. Because God has every right, and he's got all the power to punish us. And we deserve it. We deserve any punishment he would give to us. But rather than punish us, God has freely, and he has generously forgiven us. He's restored that relationship with us, and he has abundantly blessed us just as Joseph did to his brothers. God, through, that, through their brother Joseph, taught those brothers 
the essentials of repentance and forgiveness. And by teaching those brothers, the patriarchs of the nation of Israel, God teaches all of his people. God teaches you, and God teaches me too. Forgiveness. And it's not only a lesson he teaches. It is the gift that he shares. Do you remember Jesus' prayer from the cross? That beautiful prayer. Father, forgive them. And over and over, through Christ, we are gifted with that grace and that mercy and that love and that forgiveness of Jesus. So much so that he works in us where Jesus' prayer, Father, forgive them, becomes our prayer. Father, forgive them. So what did Matt Stevens learn and those 11 brothers learn and you learn today? Well, it's amazing what God can do in you when you've got a brother like Joe. God works with us and walks with us through those pits of our life. And he covers us with forgiving love. That forgiving love of our brother, Jesus Christ. That forgiving grace that he gives. Grace won for us on the cross. And grace given to us so we can share it. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue our worship by gathering our offering to the Lord.
please stand and let us pray for all the people of God and for all people according to their needs. We pray, Lord, with Joseph of old, who endured hardship and struggle, and yet believed it would come to good. Bring us peace, comfort, and strength in Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has brought hope to a world suffering from the effects of sin and death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, for guidance amid the changes and chances of this life. Deliver us from the pangs of doubt and from the paralysis of fear. Help us to know with joy our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection, that we may not surrender to anxiety or despair. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, for your love to have its way with us. Lead us to expect no reward and teach us from your own example not to act from self-interest, but to love even our enemies and to serve those in need. End all bitterness and strife, and let your forgiveness cover us in our lives together. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, for all pastors, missionaries, and church workers. Lead them to be faithful in their service and to serve your people with compassion and love. Bless all the places where we hear your word and serve our neighbor in Christ's name, both here in this place and throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, for the civil authority and for those responsible to you for the welfare of our nation, state, and community. Help them to pursue, pursue faithfully the cause of justice and to protect and defend life in its natural beginning to its natural end. Guard all first responders and protect those who defend us both here and abroad. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, for your comfort upon all who suffer. Deliver the sick according to your will and sustain those troubled in body or soul by your grace. We especially pray this day for Emmy Johnson as she is in the hospital, Kim Fares as she has surgery this week, and Catherine Allen as she also will have surgery. Give to them and others in need of your healing touch, patience, and courage that they may endure these times of trial with hope in their hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, for peace and grace to be given to those who mourn. Today, we especially remember Jerry Bolden and her family upon the death of her aunt, Dorothy Walker, this past Thursday. The family and loved ones of Ida Mae Jefferson, who died in the Lord this past Wednesday, and the family and loved ones of Amy Hargis Adams, who died in the Lord on Friday. Give to these families your comfort and your strength to meet the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
We pray, Lord, with those who celebrate special gifts of your grace. Today, we especially give thanks with Andrew and Kayla Keating upon the baptism of their daughter, Sutton Reagan Keating. We praise you, Lord, for your great gifts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.